The year is 2000. I'm Zach. I'm Charlotte. And this is My Marvelous Year. Here, the comic book reading club where we go through the best of Marvel comics from its origins to today. I'm Zach, your comic book journeyman, and today I am joined by Charlotte, comic book rainbow belt, who was imprisoned last night but has become an amorphous liquidy blob uh, in order to escape and be here on the podcast. Charlotte, thank you for still joining us despite your state of um, kind of in between two states of matter, solid and liquid, it's a <laughs> That's what I was hoping you were going to do. Ooh, you, to immediately take us on a tangent, we're talking about the X-Men film from 2000. Do you know who wrote this? Uh, I mean, I have the Wikipedia article right in front of me, so yeah, but I don't know who it is. I mean, I, I, I'm seeing the name, but I don't know who it is. I just is. said uh, Solid and Liquid. That's linked because David Hayter is the guy who wrote it, who's the voice of Solid Snake in Metal Gear. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, it's but really... the voice of Liquid Snake. No, he is not the voice of Liquid Snake. Uh, or Solidus Snake, or Naked... S- he is the voice of Naked Snake. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of snakes in those games. Anyway, it's very yep. strange. Uh, David Hayter, who is mostly only known for that one role, also just happened to write a couple like very popular screenplays. He also wrote X-Men 2. And he also was King Shark on the Flash series, which is fun. Oh, okay. Well, whew, I should have started with that. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> Anyway, so this episode, uh, we decided we're going to wait until the new year to start with some new comics. We're starting 2001 with Morrison's X-Men, new X-Men, at the beginning of 2023. And so we thought we'd do a little bonus, kind of fun little side thing. And Charlotte and I are talking about the X-Men movie from 2000. Um, I've been wanting to revisit this for a while. I don't think I've seen it since I was a teenager. And Charlotte, you watched it somewhat recently, right? Because you were talking about Magneto quips, I think on an episode lately? I think I watched it, not that recently, I think I watched it before the Dark Phoenix movie came out, so like 2019 must oh, have okay. been the last so time I watched couple it. couple years, yeah. Which I like still enough that it, it was still kind of uh, clear enough in my, on my mind. Hmm. Uh, but yeah. It's, yeah, so the, uh, I wanted to watch it anyway, and I hadn't even thought about this, but it does line right up where, we're, where we are in the, um, yeah, in our reading right now, so I think it's kind of interesting. We'll get to talking about like how it aligns with where X Men are in the comics and how they're kind of reflecting off of each other in some interesting ways. Um, before we start that, if you like the show, please give us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Um, you can support the show by heading over to Patreon.com/slash My Marvelous Year for as little as a dollar a month. You can access to our master spreadsheet. I said I forgot a proposition there said you can access to our master spreadsheet uh you also get access to (laughs) makes sense makes sense (laughs) get access to extra issues which is the um bonus podcast charlotte and i are working on it is six months early access on patreon for five dollars a month right now we're doing a superhero subversions theme for six episodes um we are about to put out our episode on garth ennis's the boys 
which we had a actual PhD, someone who wrote their PhD thesis uh, on <laughs> well, Garth Yeah, Ennis. we didn't have a PhD. We had someone with a PhD. <laughs> we didn't yeah. get a PhD on the boys for that episode. Extremely, extremely <laughs> as much fun. As we wanted to. To do this, uh, this podcast, we've covered Watchmen, we've covered Planetary, Peter Cannon, Thunderbolt, and we're about to cover the boys. And it's been a great time. I really encourage people to, to join and start listening to that. Um, oh, and I can announce uh, we did our listener choice poll for the sixth episode of that, and we're reading Sleeper by Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips, which is uh, very exciting, like a 12-issue spy superhero comic. Uh, anything else before we get jump into the talking about this movie, Charlotte? Nope. Let's jump into the movie. Uh, so X-Men came out in 2000. It was, I think, the beginning of kind of a, a reinvesting in the superhero films, which had... I think dwindled through the 90s after like the second Batman movie. We had a series of Batman sequels, the George Clooney one and the Val Kilmer one that hadn't done as well and didn't have as much um, love behind them or audience like the audiences did not. I, th- I think they did OK at the box office, but uh, weren't particularly liked. And uh, Blade had come out. I think those were modest successes, but like there was not a ton of investment <laughs> in superhero movies. And this really like launched it again. Um, and also Blade is like, he, he is a superhero character, but that's not really a superhero movie. Sure, like right, yeah. It's, it's kind of more of just like a... Less than Spider-Man or X-Men. Yeah, I guess so. It's like kind of cut more from the vein of like 80s action movies, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So this comes out in July 2000 and is a big hit and kind of relaunches everything. And it's really interesting to talk about it's in reflection of both the MCU which makes this movie seem quaint, <laughs> like actually like <laughs> for its budget, which I was surprised it's $75 million in um, 2000, which is pretty sizable. Like even the recent Deadpool movies didn't have that much more of a budget than that. And that's not like dealing with inflation, um, but it made 300 million at the box office. So it was a pretty big hit and spawned like 13 sequels in this specific like Fox mutant franchise. Um, I think most of which have been, pretty big successes uh the x-men initial trilogy is one of the most cursed (laughs) like franchises as far (laughs) as the uh directorial like the reputation of its directors both the directors of the first the director of the first two brian singer and the director of the third one brett ratner have both been thoroughly excommunicated from hollywood for uh many 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 sexual abuse and rape and sexual harassment allegations like not one, not two, but three, four, five, seven, ten accusations against each of them, like including before the movie came out for for Singer, like I think yeah. the first one came from yeah. nineteen ninety seven, so before the movie. Yeah, but yeah. when <laughs> yeah, ninety seven, twenty fourteen, twenty seventeen, like yeah, including no, sure, sure. including before up until him winning some Oscars for um, Bohemian Rhapsody, uh, which was a very uncomfortable time for the movie, and then he got that was kind of the yep. final straw. Um, I think like 2019 and he got totally, he is, uh, kind of persona non grata now along with Brett Ratner. Um, both of them, I doubt we'll be seeing again, working on big budget stuff. Anyway, um, written by David Hayter, like I said, the voice of Solid Snake and the, let, 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 let me start here. What do we, what do we really like about this movie? <laughs> what, what do you think really works about X-Men? Um, I think, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to start by saying something I don't... Well, not that I don't like, that I I think doesn't work. 
I think it was a good choice to focus on only like one or two main characters and have all of the other X-Men be way more secondary. Even though I feel like it makes it less of an actual X-Men movie. Like it's very much a Wolverine rogue movie. Yeah. Uh, and kind of a Magneto movie. It's a little Magneto Addis Professor Magne- X, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it's very much like Wolverine is the main character of this. Like he is of most X-Men movies. X-Men yeah, two. I think their detriment is in the title later on, especially. I think like other characters all just get very sidelined for Logan. But I also think like I don't know if you can make a like two-hour X-Men movie, especially in two thousand. Can you make a two-hour blockbuster X-Men movie that's like about the cast of of like six X-Men uh, in the way you can after after the Avengers in twenty twelve? Well, I don't like, know. Even even the model that the mcu has put forth i was thinking this like how do you make an x-men movie that like feels like the x-men comics like a movie and not a tv they're show so serialized <laughs> like clement's style relies on and like clement is the main inspiration uh, for most x-men stuff mm-hmm. and like his style relies on serialization like mm-hmm. on a continuous story well it, it's not uh, even way that, just like, that they're like long and sprawling because I think you can adapt a long story into this. It's the, like, the width of the, like, the amount of characters and the amount of, like, disparate plot lines that are all weaving together. But so, they're also, yeah, that they are soap opera in yeah. a way that a blockbuster can't really be. So um, trying to, like... At least not a single blockbuster. Yeah, and trying to encapsulate, like, what X-Men are and the mutants and the, you know, the fear and hatred of humans and the Magneto Professor X thing and the introduction of all these people. It's very, I, like, it would be tough to do now and it will be tough, I think, for yeah. the MC, MCU to do it. I'm sure they're, like, really working hard on trying to figure out a way to, like, slow burn this. You know, I, I assume they're going to, like, the MCU will do this in a much slower scale because it, something interesting to, to see here is <laughs> how much you can see that... The, the the franchisement of this is not like like clearly they want to make a sequel you can tell they're going to make a sequel but like yeah the idea that they would ever significantly use kitty pride or uh you know whatever all the the many little characters who's in this they... like there's a character called right, kitty in exactly, this but not really like, like it's, a very background character it's just a wink to like that character for comic book fans they mentioned henry gyrick here who dies off screen <laughs> who dies before the movie begins which i love <laughs> right yeah there's, there's a bunch of stuff like that where, no one likes henry gyrick <laughs> it's just little like winks to uh the comic books but like yeah, they're yeah. clearly not worried about like you know the, the same thing the mcu would do which is like they're not worried about wasting characters right exactly so it's kind of funny when they're like they do a kitty pride wink it's like yeah that's one of the bigger yeah. x-men and you know and then yeah. they just hand wave that away and hire elliot page later and it's fine um but, uh, like, the next movie's gonna do that also with, uh, like, Colossus just being, like, a background character, like a cameo. And, uh, I feel like oh. they, they did that all throughout the 2010s. Like, sure. yeah. the Psylocke in X-Men Apocalypse is barely anything. Like, they do that with a lot of characters throughout. I, like, Danny like Moonstar it's... and, uh, what, what's his name? Um... Danny Je- Moonstar? Is in the second one. Like, there's just a girl. Like, there's a girl here who's clearly Jubilee. There's, like, a scene of them in class, yeah, and there's true. a girl with, like, hoop earrings and a yellow jacket that's supposed to be just kind of a little jubilee wink. Anyway, like... Even Colossus is just one guy in the It's, it's interesting yeah. just to see them not be precious, precious at all about the characters. It's like, um... Yeah. It's like I've been watching a bunch of the original series of Star Trek, and 
you can see it exists in a time before like these sci-fi franchises because they didn't view it as a franchise they just viewed it as their show but like that they weren't worried about nerds yet <laughs> and they weren't concerned about like <laughs> nerds harassing them with like details so like the fourth episode of star trek the original series the crew of the enterprise accidentally invents time travel and that's like they're like oh man we just found the secret to time travel and we traveled back in time 35 minutes hopefully we don't abuse this power and then it just doesn't come up again yeah <laughs> it's like they just you know they're not concerned that nerds later will be writing in and be like well, yeah. why didn't you just have the crew use their time yeah there's no there's not problem. like star trek dot fandom.com yet like right exactly so it's, yeah and you get a little of that here we're like you can see they want to do a sequel but they are not that good. like the idea that they would do you know 15 of these is probably like you know a wild dream so like thinking that like well we have to save kitty pride because she's you know we're gonna have to pull from that that level of the roster uh is not in their mind so that, that's kind of cute to see um stuff that really works i think a few of the performances and the casting is great uh hugh jackman obviously like very charming really works like he is the focus and maybe gets too much focus but like I think he's he's really good. Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen are both excellent. I like Famke Jensen as uh, Jean Grey. Um, it's a little different from the Jean Grey like you're kind of used to. Like she's like 36, um, so it's kind of interesting. She also had, doesn't have that much to do. Yeah, she has very little to do here. It's kind of yeah interesting. Uh, and, and I mean, all of the seem... X Men, like all of the pre-established X Men, like the ones that are part of the X Men team before the movie begins, are like. There are players for Wolverine to, to bounce off of, especially Cyclops. Uh, he's, like, only there to be the boyfriend of the girl Wolverine likes. I really like James um, Marsden as Cyclops, though. I think he's really good casting. Like, I think he's really good, but he doesn't get anything to do. No, he doesn't. I really like the, like, com little banter between the two of them, though. I think it works, yeah. and I think he nails the kind of, like, uh, stiff, unhumorous uh, Cyclops without being yeah. boring to watch. Right? Like, he's kind of a boring character, but he's not, like, a boring screen presence. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I, I think he works I mean, pretty he, well. He's a better fit than Halle Berry as a Storm, oh I would say. God, she's a disaster. Uh, like, easily the worst <laughs> <Yep>. part. <laughs> the most... I mean, it's it's partially that the character's wasted, right? Like, yeah. literally zero personality to this character. She's She gets eight lines in the movie and do you know what them... happens to a toad when it's hit by your lightning well <laughs> same you... thing that happens to everything else <laughs> it's it's a remarkably bad line <laughs> she also does this weird kind of accent that is totally inconsistent and very it's a really bad accent um and uh yeah it's that, more that... vaguely french than anything else <laughs> <laughs> and that wig is terrible like she looks really bad oh yeah She's oh got... that wig is incredible <laughs> it's very shiny and very fake looking um yeah, yeah it, it's it's too bad overall just because storm's such a cool that's why i keep saying like if the mcu wants to do x-men and wants to do the avengers thing with like do some solo movies to get the ball rolling before they bring them together like a storm solo movie would be so cool yeah um rebecca romjan romjan i think is how you say that i might be wrong uh, as, i don't know rebecca. yeah as mystique so cool that yeah. those practical effects on her are so good i I like, yeah, the practical effects are very good. She's like, she she's a good actress. Like, she the the character is well portrayed in the context of the movie. I really don't like uh, what they do with music. Like, th they'll do the same thing in the Ultimate Universe, which is make Mystique like Magneto's not even second coming. Like, she here she's just one of the minions. And, like, I think that's 
generally very boring. I like her. She's way too interesting to be wasted as that. Like she's way cooler she, I, as I was, the leader of the Brotherhood. We were watching this last night and I was like, I don't know the last time we saw Mystique in the comics. Like the 80s? It's been such a long time since I feel like we've seen her um, in the comics. I feel like the, that's... she's not huge in the show either, you know? So like I feel like this movie actually yeah, gave true. her like quite the glam up in the public perception. Maybe that's also like just my more modern perception of how cool she can be. But like, she's she before this movie and before the Ultimate Universe, she's never the like second Magneto on the team. Like she's mm-hmm. she's more like she she tells a uh, Magneto to f off as much as she does Xavier. Like she she doesn't she's not that. Uh, but I mean, yeah, she, I, the, I think she's basically and, like. She's Magneto's like secret right hand man here, right? Like, I guess I, she she. Does I think it's like, like mostly a very nerd thing of like yeah. I like Mystique, and I feel like she's the second character that's most wasted here. I mean, after, I think everyone after Storm. I think comparing this to the comics is just setting yourself know, up for disappointment because but also, I think like, everything you can't very... not compare it to the comics. No, no, of course, but I think like the characterization on display here is incredibly weak. Like for everybody, it feels very you know. Like, something the MCU does really well is that, like, characterization and kind of building, yeah. like, affection for characters. I don't don't know if you really get that here. Like, the Logan-Rogue relationship is, is kind of nice and, like, built up a little bit. Besides that, everything I think here is very, like, threadbare. And I think that's my main issue with the movie overall is it feels, it feels very slight. Uh, it doesn't feel... Yeah. It feels very, like, beholden to, like, hit the plot beats, like, get to the threat get to the heroic action like like it even feels... if it doesn't make sense like the blood beat of wolverine liking gene and like uh, scott being jealous there is not an ounce of chemistry between famke jensen and and hugh jackman there's oh, nothing that's there. and they barely interact wrong. There's that's nothing. wrong there's no. nothing man Mm-mm, there's no nothing. i get it i get it between <laughs> the two of them like when, when I... I i think he draws out that kind of like uh you know forbidden like Fallen for the bad boy kind of thing from her. I I, I get that on her face. Uh, it's not like I... a ton, but I, I think it works okay. I like the two of them. But by the end, it's like she's she's about to confess or something by uh-huh. the end, which is like he's, what? He's so hot. <laughs> Did you say? I mean, he's I. One thing I appreciate, he's like he's hot, but he's normal hot. I like, was he's not a bodybuilder. It's, it's very funny seeing in comparison to like where superhero movies went. How but buff. I, I like it way better here. Like, or even how buff he gets. Like, I don't remember which movie yeah, it is yeah. by the time he's, like, so totally shredded and has, I mean, you know, just by his own movie, he's, like, way yeah. too shredded. And he's got, like, like 1% body fat. Like, he's just, like, normal, yeah. normal man, like, rough and tumble. Slightly like, muscular rough. normal man, yeah. Yeah, I, and, like, that's perfect for him. Um, not, like, I... I never had that weird thing when I saw those movies prior, but like now having read a lot, a lot, a lot of uh, X Men comics in the meantime, it is kind of weird to see that like tall, lean version of Wolverine, like the pretty boy Wolverine, is like something that's not natural. <laughs> mm, <laughs> it looks yeah. weird, and like it, it took like five minutes for me to get used to it again here. I was like, oh, that's is that Wolverine? And then after the fight, I was like, okay, that's Wolverine. He is he is six uh, foot yeah, three, uh, which is a bit of a bummer, but. I still think the casting's yeah. worth it, obviously. Um, oh, no, I mean, he he's really, really good. Yeah, so, like, it, I mean, it feels like a very... It feels like a good, solid, like, late 90s action movie, right? Like, I don't think much yeah. stands out about this. Like, Sam Raimi's going to do Spider-Man soon, and I think that, like, elevates this. I think... Uh, 
I mean, it hits. has like Sam Raimi has a style yeah. that he gives to his movies that this like feels a lot more bland, I guess. Yeah, it feels very kind of like generic 90s action movie. Uh, like yeah. some good touches. I think most of the really good touches I liked were in the special effects, which hold up surprisingly well. Like there's some really good special the... effects. Kelly's death scene looks incredible, which is weird because mm-hmm. like he's agree, just dissolving yeah. into a weird uh, like special effects blob. But like it looks looks really good and like both, horrendous. Yeah, both times that they have him like morph his body, yeah, I was like, oh, that looks good, like creepy and gross, and uh, works really well. The the shot of Mystique as Wolverine doing like a front kick and then morphing into yeah. Mystique in the middle of the kick, like really good. Um, Especially for like two thousand, because I think that's a full body CGI like replacement. Um, yeah. And like even Toad, like Toad's Toad Stone <laughs> looks really good. Which is yeah. good to say, yeah. but like it looks great. Mm, yeah, that looks. Really I, I feel like Saber Tooth really is the good. one that like his look. Oh, his look sucks. Yeah, he looks really bad. Well, they make him an idiot, yeah. right? Like he's basically. It's, yeah, it's weird to to see Saber Tooth be silent. Like, yeah, that, he gets like that doesn't feel lines, right. So. Yeah, um, yeah, they just hired a big guy. Like Tyler Main, a wrestler. Yeah. Um, yeah. Who doesn't even come across as that imposing? Because, like, those big contacts just make him kind of look dull. <laughs> like, he looks kind of like he doesn't understand what's going on most of the time. Yeah, he feels like he's being mind controlled at, at, at any moment. <laughs> I know. Yeah. When he switches to being actually mind controlled uh, by Professor X, you're kind of. He's like... never that threatening. Like, I feel like Sabretooth mm-hmm. in the comics, every time he's on panel, you feel like he's about to kill someone. Yeah. Here, he's just like a. Big idiots. A, a big, a big um, wrestler running around. Yeah, yeah. I want to, I want to talk about uh, Xavier and Magneto. I think they're done. I mean, I think they're done really well. Like that's not a secret. But uh, Patrick Stewart and uh, Anya McKellen are incredible actors. Um, I wonder how intentional it is that Xavier comes off as like very naive <laughs> in his opinions. Like he, everything he says is like, oh no, they're not humans. Aren't that bad to? Uh, to Magneto saying like obviously they're about to come in like they're on the way to, to mutant genocide and like Xavier's like oh no they're not that bad they've learned from World War 2 and it's like no they haven't oh, I they know. I very mean, obviously haven't like there's very there's very little here to like hold on to character wise yeah, yeah like to, to the degree of which I actually think like opening on the holocaust uh, which is built into the you know the character but like the so like the the really flimsy way that they actually talk about any of that and try to draw that parallel and like maybe this is actually kind of uh, a little offensive like and how you know like thinly drawn and yeah uh, boring that comparison is and then to have your hero be like no no that couldn't happen again <laughs> like so casually yeah, and, but like, and say it as if it's like, I wonder if that's intentional in to yeah. like for us to be on the side of Magneto but then like it's never really reconciled well I don't know this is like, this is end. very I feel like this is a very, like, pre-9-11, this is the end of yeah, history, uh, everyone's feeling very, like, you know, the Berlin Wall has fallen, it's the end of the Cold War, and we will never, uh, you know, have to worry about any kind of authoritarian government again. Um, so that, yeah. you know, maybe it just is very reflective of the time. Um, yeah, no, that's true. Who, let's see, what else do I want to bring up before we start comparing to the comics? Um <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it's fine. I like. I, I don't have a ton of affection for this movie. I, I had a good enough time. Um, some of the character motivations or like decisions kind of don't make sense. Like Iceman just coming up to Rogue and being like, "Listen, everyone hates you. You need to run away now." And she's just like, well, "I need to run away now." Okay, 
I'm gone. Like, all it took is one boy to tell me to leave forever. <laughs> and uh, I leave. I mean, yeah, Rogue's characterization is kind of weird, like, disappointing. I mean, ah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to compare to the comics, but, like, <laughs> she pales in comparison. Like, she's kind of nothing. But, like, I get why, because that's the place she has in the movie. Yeah, I don't she mind her being, like... To not be that self-assured version of her, but, like... Yeah, I, I don't mind it being, like, a teenage girl, like, kind of... You know, because she's somewhat your POV character. Now, this It's not that. It's just, like, there are just a few actual decisions her character makes. But you can have her be the teenager internally. and the, like, point of view character while still giving her, like, more personality, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. She, I, she, Anna Paquin does a good job. She's always frightened and, like, on the verge of running away. But she doesn't have, like, actual characteristics outside of that. Yep. Yeah. yeah she's kind of disappointing. Um, okay, so a couple, like, funny details. Uh... I think it's really funny that Anna Paquin runs away from home in Mississippi <laughs> and somehow ends up in Toronto, I think. Uh, oh, right. Is that, is that yeah, where... Yeah, I didn't think about that, but yeah. Is that where they land? Anyway, no, Alberta, uh, where she um, it gets dropped off hitchhiking at a truck stop that is just has, like, open fire barrel, like, <laughs> barrels lit on fire <laughs> in the bar, gas... Not even gas, uh, like listen oil lamps. Man, listen, man. That's oil what Canada around. is. Like, and have a, you ever gone to Canada? That's what I've been it's to Canada like. many That's times. And like. like pit fighting rings in this bar. <laughs> like, but also that she goes yep. in and like the bartender's like being nice enough to her uh, that it's not shown as like a very threatening place for her to just be like, oh, here's where I am now. <laughs> it's just a normal bar to find in the middle of Alberta. Um, I thought that was funny. There's a scene at the beginning where Professor X, X is explaining to Wolverine what the school is about and uh it does this little montage of like the kids running around and like mutant powers being used by the kids and the prof- the, the x-men being teachers teaching all these kids different things and there's this shot of cyclops <laughs> standing in the garage <laughs> he's standing in the garage with um uh gene gray and a bunch of kids standing in front of his motorcycle gesturing to it and like talking to them about it and it just looks like he's just yep. giving a lecture on like how sick his motorcycle is uh it really made me laugh like that i just imagine him being like yep yeah this thing gets uh this thing gets above 100 miles per hour easy when i press this I, button. i really like that by the end logan still his motorcycle like yeah. he runs away with it yeah. i think that's perfect um let's see there's a couple other funny lines in this but like overall it's yeah it's fine um do you have any other thoughts about the movie quality itself before we talk about comparing it in comparison to like modern superhero blockbusters i kind of appreciate that it's i mean it's kind of small in scope i guess like you don't get that many big action scenes or big like cgi fights even even the final fights like pretty small and like in in the dark holes of the museum uh, like, it's pretty small scale, I guess, and I, I can appreciate that. It's less tiring than, like, modern, uh, modern uh, Marvel well, see, movies. See, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I guess maybe it's just X-Men, but, like, and it's not like I needed more plot to this, but, like, the movie's, like, an hour 40, and I'm like, you could do another half hour here. Like, I could use yeah. another half hour of, like, explaining some of this stuff. Like, there's so many plot beats that it moves through that just have, like, such little impact and i kind of realized i've just like dissociated for like three minutes and i'm like wait what just happened and it was like oh uh mystique snuck into cerebro and poisoned the machine with black goo (laughs) and then professor x put it on and then went oh my head and then he's out of the picture now and that's why uh 
and I'm kind of like, oh, what, what purpose does that serve? Like, what are we doing here? What, like, I guess we just needed him off the map. It feels like a lot of it feels very perfunctory, just like plot mechanics. Yeah. So like, yeah, that's true. I, I could use more from this movie. Like, it could be longer. Um, and also like just to make it feel like X Men, it's very strange to have an it. it you know, that is a little bit more of a comic nerd uh, complaint, I think. But, like, to make it feel like X-Men. I actually really like this um, this review from Roger Ebert. He said, He started out liking this movie while waiting for something interesting to happen. When nothing did, I still didn't dislike it. I assume the X-Men will further develop their personalities <laughs> if there's a sequel and maybe find time to get involved in a story. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, okay. It was, like, kind of a fun setup, but, like, mostly made me be like, I hope these get better soon. Um, I mean, I agree. Like, it's very much a setup, which is like weird because I don't think, like you said, it's not. It's not like it has a uh, twenty twenty sequels in mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not not as much as uh, as current uh, superhero movies do. Uh, but yeah, it's like very much a first building block. But also, like, I don't know how you can do that in another way. Like, it's it's impressive that it manages to be that and still be functional for for like the first block in an X Men movie. Like, that franchise with 300 different characters and, like, five different teams consisting of six different characters each. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, I, think I don't know. Pretty, yeah, I'm trying to think well of, like, for... other... Like, Guardians of the Galaxy did a pre- pretty decent job of having, like, a similar number of characters and introducing new characters. But also, like, Guardian is 2014. And, like, what movie had done that before X-Men? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, sure. Uh, I agree. Especially, like, comic book movies, like, people had not become as, like, used to the format and as, like, agreeable to having, like, the world building on screen and not being, yeah. like, mimicking another style of movie, right? And kind of morphing into its own thing. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, it's a good point. Um, okay, so let's talk about its comparison to where we are in X-Men comics right now. So I think it's really interesting and really surprising in a lot of ways. Um, the first thing I wanted to point out is this is a real school, which struck me as odd because... When did we have that in the X-Men comics after, like, Stanley and Jack Kirby? I feel like the initial thing was, like, this is a school, here's our six students, and then they immediately became, like, the paramilitary troop for Professor Xavier. And yeah. I don't know when we first saw them turn into, like, it turned back into, like, a real school, especially with the original X-Men as teachers, until Morrison's yes, so new X-Men, thing. which is coming later. The- yeah, so that's the thing. The the Xavier Institute before New X Men and before this movie is really only a school at two points. At the very beginning with the original five, and then with the New Mutants. But the New Mutants are taught by Xavier, by Magneto, and by like another of a handful of other professors. But that aren't the X Men. Like the X Men are never teachers mm-hmm. to the New Mutants outside yeah. of Xavier specifically and Magneto. Yeah, I guess when the New um, Mutants are there. But like, when was the last time the X? I guess it feels more like a um. I don't know, like, a, a, a place for the mutants to live? Like, I, I don't remember the last time we read something where it was like, you're taking classes. Maybe the New Mutants did, and I just kind of forgot about it. The but, New Mutants uh, did. The New Mutants did, but it wasn't the main thing. Yeah. Like, it it becomes, a th- it becomes a thing with the movie. The movie kind of invents that. I don't know if there's some kind of other adaptation that does that first. The animated series doesn't. Like, the 90s one doesn't. Um, but I, th- I think this movie is the first one to do it. Like, a few months before Morrison... Like Morrison does that too, but after the movie, which is which is weird. There's weird so much stuff here about. that I would have assumed like went the other way, like that Morrison did, yeah, yeah. and then the movie would have like kind of copied, but yeah, it ends up going the other way. So there's just a lot of like invention of this movie that I don't think is even like 
taking huge liberties that are bad or like miss the point it's kind of interesting to be like for it to be such a focus on like this is a school with the older mutants as teachers because i'm like that's a good idea like that's a fun idea that works and that we don't actually and see it also in the like it much. feels like it fulfills its purpose better because it has like what a hundred students mm-hmm. it feels like yeah. it's an actual shelter for mutants more than when it has like the five or six new mutants yeah exactly like, that's what, what i mean the, like the hundreds of other teenage mutants that don't have that Right, on the next episode that we're going to, because we already recorded it, on Morrison's New Mutants, like, it's a school with, like, hundreds of kids running around, right? And it's, like, the first yeah. time it's felt like that, where it's, like, the halls are packed with kids running around, and there's bells, and there's classes, and, um, yeah, really interesting. Uh, sorry, I then <laughs> I have to distract once, us from this one, for oh, just a ahead. second. Uh, early on, this is just insane, in the, uh, the late 80s, early 90s... Uh, Stan Lee and Chris Claremont were talking to her production company um, about an X-Men movie, uh, talking in talks with James Cameron to produce, <laughs> and Catherine Bigelow, yeah. Catherine Bigelow, who was James Cameron's wife at the time, who went on to do, like, The Hurt Locker and, uh, I don't know what else, uh, Zero Dark Thirty and stuff. Um, okay, so she was, she wrote up a, a story treatment for X-Men in the late 80s. <laughs> they were uh-huh. thinking about having Bob Hoskins as Wolverine and Angela Bassett as Storm. Oh my God! Can you imagine? I mean, a world Angela which... Bassett as Storm would have been amazing. Angela but... <laughs> Bassett as Storm is incredible. Bob Hoskins as Storm. Bob Hoskins as Wolverine is incredible too, for entirely different reasons. His, I kind of, I kind of think he can nail. It. He's a tiny I mean, I can guy. Love it. He's like a tiny little gruff yeah, yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's five six. It's like. It's like the the like Bob Huskins as Wolverine is the father to Danny DeVito as Wolverine. Like that's that's it's, version two point of Bob uh, Huskins. I mean, even at that point, he was like in nineteen ninety two. He was fifty years old, so like a little yeah. old for this. But boy, do I want to see that! Oh my god! Yeah, that would have been amazing. <laughs> the once that once that Pandora's box is is opened of the, the Xavier School being a full school, being uh, uh, full of like tens uh, tens or hundreds of mutants like that's the case throughout since like throughout uh, x-men comics from 2000s to today like well now for the past few years it's a bit different but like throughout the 2000s and uh, 2010s the Xavier institute is a full school and like that's the basis of x-men stories which is really really interesting and, like mm-hmm. that's yeah. something the movie changed forever yeah i wonder how much of you know the comics reflecting like much of the comics changing were like trying to align themselves more with this movie because th- another thing yeah. that happens is like the something i consider kind of annoying which is the like somewhat trying to get away from the like real comic booky stuff in this like some yeah. of this stuff is pretty comic booky but a lot of it is like you know they have to wear like clearly matrix inspired full black leather costumes and they even make a quip some point like what would you rather us have yellow spandex um yes i would actually (laughs) yeah it looks sick like later on you finally learn this lesson and it looks super cool in like i can't remember first class or whatever um yeah yeah it looks great and uh but then like morrison kind of takes that and does somewhere in the middle where like he does also move them into having they do like leather oh they yeah they uh they have uh moved the x-men into having like these leathery kind of outfits but it still retains the traditional like yellow uniform thing yeah it's like somewhere in the middle um yeah it's really it's really interesting but even like like morrison says in their in their manifesto for some comics that like their opinion at the time was like the those uh, outfits look ridiculous and they should 
wear more tactical clothing and like looking back at i mean i think we talked about it on the on the morrison episode but like looking back at it now it's easy to say yeah let them let, let us let them have the the bright colors i feel like at the time that was kind of a, an interesting choice uh, and like that wasn't as uh, as uh, tired as it is today well it's also um, like yeah. they designed well i don't know if it was them or if it was frank quietly but like they designed real like clothing to replace yeah. it with that looks like a design and it's not just being like like the ultimate x-men does where they're just wearing street clothes most of the time yeah or I think their, like, mission uniforms are just kind of, like, black leather, like, full-body black leather. Yeah, the, the Ultimate X-Men has uh, the guys in full costumes and the girls in uh, barely anything covering <laughs> Leather bikinis, <stomach>. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because well, yeah. Xavier is an interesting designer for clothes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yep. Yeah, so, like, it, it's, it's strange to see. It, it's also interesting to see the X-Men come out, this movie come out at a time where, like, the actual X-Men comics were more insanely convoluted and less um, yep. less welcoming to a new reader than ever before. <laughs> so, like, yeah. even new X-Men, which uh, I think is a decent place to, like, jump into X-Men comics, it still starts with a lot of, like, it's not exactly the easiest place to jump into. It's not that it has tons of continuity, but it does throw you into this world, like, you know, in the middle of a big story, I guess. So, like... And it's also, like, it's also a very Morrison story, so, like, you need yeah, to... <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's the little bit of, like, am I missing something, or is this just how Morrison yeah, writes? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, so... It... Yeah, it's way... Morrison is way less blockbuster in their, in their writing than uh, than this is. Although like, Morrison This is very that... much made... Oh, go uh, ahead. No, no, never mind. I was going to start talking more about New X-Men, and I shouldn't, because we already have an episode <laughs> on it coming out soon. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, like you said, this is very much meant for a wider audience of people that aren't necessarily fans of the comics, I feel. Like, I wonder how much people who weren't already fans of the comics were interested in this prior to to, to 2000s, especially in the the context where there aren't any big uh, superhero movies. Well, Um, I mean, mean, it was a hit, right? Like, uh, you know, a, a normal, like, you know, not comic book fan audience all came out to see this. It made a ton of money. But, like, at the same time, I think X-Men were already very much in the cultural consciousness because of the show, right? Like, yeah. at least for, like, younger audiences, like, teenagers and, like, young college students would all know who the X-Men are just because... I mean, I did. I never watched the X-Men show, but, like, when I watched this movie when I was 13, like, I knew who these characters kind of vaguely were. No, yeah. Did you, did you watch any of those uh, early, early X-Men movies in theaters? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I mean, I was, like, 13, 12 when this one came out. I don't remember. I don't think so. I think the first one that I went to go see in theaters was Days of Future Past uh, in 2014. Yeah. That's the first one I like know for sure that I went to go see in oh, the theater. <laughs> that's also the first one for me. <laughs> really? Because I, I like caught up on the series then because I had seen like one, two, three oh, yeah. as they came out when I was a teenager. And then I totally like was not involved. And then I watched The Wolverine and First Class in yeah. preparation to go see days of future past in 2014 that's because me it was the first x-men movie i saw in cinemas which was also the first movie the first x-men movie i saw like at all i'd never seen any x-men stuff before that oh Uh, like 2014 is the year i got got into marvel so what okay out of the 14 movies in the fox mutant world so that includes including the spin-offs like deadpool and yep yep so the deadpool movies new mutants the three wolverine movies what is your favorite out of all these I mean, I mean, probably Logan. Like, it kind of has to be Logan. Mm, um, okay. But if you... 
I mean, like, interesting. I, I feel interesting. like most people would mm. answer the same. <laughs> like, yeah, well, most people are possibly interesting opinion. Pretentious movie snobs um, who are like, oh, finally, a serious, a serious <laughs> mutant movie for me, an adult. Wrong. Wrong. But it's I mean, Days of Future of, Past. Of, Days of Future Past is clearly the best. I mean, one. I kind of agree. I, 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 it's probably Days of Future Past, yeah. I, I like, X2, I, I do like It Logan might be X2. Bit, but, it yeah. might be X2. It's just, I uh, have to watch that one again because I don't remember that one yeah. well enough to say. I know people really like that one. But I just remember, yeah, like... I, I think it's between X2 and, and Days of Future Past. I watched First Class at home. I, like, rented it. And then and it was, you know, like, the week before Days of Future Past came out. And I was so bored and so... <laughs> like, I absolutely... I just thought it was so so much nothing, uh, First yeah. Class, um, <laughs> that I didn't even really want to go wait, see Wait, Days you of... don't like First Class? I don't like First Class at all. I think that movie stinks and That's it's boring. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay. Like, I remember I, like didn't want to go see days of future past and a friend dragged me to it because i was like no this stinks like i just watched it i don't like these superhero movies i don't really care about <laughs> x-men uh and yeah first class i think is a real stinker um but uh days of future past I think is great yeah yeah i mean Matt, you know, oh hey, yeah you well, know what we, we all should know do your... a tier list of we should do a tier list of x-men movies we can slowly like churn through these i'd be curious to to revisit these yeah you know um and yes of course you like first class because you like matthew vaughn the director of all the kingsman movies the, the movies you're always in theaters to see on opening weekend that's not even true because i think the only one i don't like is the one he didn't direct <laughs> he did all of them right he did king's man Secret did he Service. do the king's man uh-huh that's him that measure yeah that one is shit um but <laughs> yeah, i like the first two ones <laughs> yeah i haven't seen i haven't seen him um i mean i michael fassbender nazi hunter is probably the best thing in the whole x-men franchise so that's also like that drags that uh that drags that movie up yeah i uh, i'd be interested to re-watch most of these i don't want to watch like i haven't seen x-men origins wolverine i don't want to i'm not really interested in <laughs> wasting my time but um but i'd rewatch. i'm even like vaguely curious about apocalypse and dark phoenix i know they have a terrible reputation but like you, at have this you point, watched I'm them kind of, before no uh-uh at this point, I'm, Ooh, like, just wow. slightly curious to see, like, I just kind of want to see the mutants. I'm, like, yeah, I want to see who they cast as, like, because I know they get, they start getting deeper into the roster in those, right? Like, you know, you start kinda. getting, like, your Calibans kinda. and your, uh, I, I don't know, who else? Uh, it's Psylocke, you get, um... Right, yeah. That's kind of it. <laughs> oh, okay. Caliban and Psylocke. Can't wait to see those two. <laughs> My favorites. Yep. Um, yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, oh! Another point about X-Men, what a terrible score. Like, absolutely terrible <laughs> music here. All over the place. Like, at one point, um, it's like three or four different soundtracks all smushed together. Uh, when Wolverine is like, first wakes up at the X-Mansion and is sneaking around, the soundtrack starts incorporating and is mostly a bunch of, like, pipes being banged on with, like, wrenches. <laughs> it's echoing around. It's so strange. But at other times, it's like uh it's very like video game music it sounds like the halo soundtrack off the xbox uh or kind of like a matrix like a very matrix light uh industrial punk metal thing really bad uh yeah. really bad i mean honestly i didn't notice but yeah that does sound bad i guess <laughs> um yeah not, nothing too notable oh you know what also drove me crazy about it though is that like i think michael Kamen, rest in peace he died in 2003 um but bad job, Michael. Sorry. Uh, he, <laughs> I think he clearly was like influenced by the animated show, which, you know, has a great melody to that, 
the theme there. And right, exactly. And I think like little pieces of that theme were in the soundtrack here. Like it would be like na 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 na, and like I kept hearing just little snippets where I was like, oh, or that you know, it's Fox. They could probably use it, right? Like I guess they're probably just going to integrate it in at some point. And then it never felt like they actually finished the phrase so i felt like i was just on the edge of my seat the whole time waiting for the complete like <laughs> x-men theme to to be played out instead of just like winking at it it was driving me crazy um, i feel like maybe it's just that they didn't want to go all in on that more campy coming booky version yeah like, which is you know to call back too much to it but yeah if you if you start it like go all in i, like, I, I really have... like that with the the mcu spider-man movies that like his theme is just the orchestral version of his 90s uh, animated theme. It works pretty well. Yeah, yeah, it does. Uh, I, and I don't... It's it's interesting because I don't, I don't watch this and get, like, annoyed that it's slightly more afraid to be comic booky, right? Like, it, it is... Like, there's very few things here that, like, really lean into the comic booky stuff. At best, it's, like, winks. Yeah. It's kind of like I was talking about with Wakanda Forever. Like, if Namor was in this movie, they would have given him, like, tattoos on his calves of wings right like they would not have like they wouldn't have wanted to give him full-on like little angel wings on his calves like the movies will now and just be like without question we can just be really silly like the the silliest thing here is that wolverine does have the hair you know that like points up on the sides and the little curl in the middle um besides that they're kind of you can tell they're slightly embarrassed to be like a comic book movie uh so i do like but i also think i'd be more annoyed about it if i didn't have like 20 years of mcu since then but that's one of my favorite things that the mcu has been able to achieve and like yeah i know i, I know people like yeah kind of reflect reflexively like reject that because it's just like oh yeah we're just building up the next thing and i'm like yeah it is kind of fun though i kind of like it. <laughs> like i like yeah i mean like i can simultaneously say like i think wakanda forever is weaker by kind of shoehorning Riri Williams into it. I think, like, her inclusion kind of weakens it as a movie, but at the same time, I like I kind of like that the world feels big enough that you can just start having these characters, like, weaving in and out of each other's movies. But also think, like, there's a way of doing that and doing it well, like, integrating it better to, to the movie. Totally. Like, it's, totally. it's when it feels artificial that it's a problem, like... If it's integrated well, it's not a yeah, I don't, problem. Like, I don't have an example right now. Well, uh, uh, I think America <laughs> Chavez well. is much better integrated into Multiverse of Madness than Riri. You know, I don't like Multiverse of Madness. <laughs> <laughs> not but, like Spider-Man. Spider-Man in Civil War is great. Like, it, he's a pretty good part of the movie, I feel. And, mm-hmm, like, he doesn't sure. feel artificial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I, I mean, some people will think that because they're just like, it's an advertisement for the next Spider-Man. I'm like, yeah, it is. I don't know. I guess in my mind right now, I just have the MCU so segregated from real movies that I just really enjoy it on like the 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 level that it works on, and I just like. We know Marty. We know. Yeah. No, I'm saying that's why I like it. Like, I feel like there's people who like. I know. Even I our know. Slack who were more. <laughs> I don't even disagree. Like. <laughs> yeah. Like I don't uh, object more to the MCU because they're still like sacking it up against like what a real movie can do, quote unquote. So yeah. like, yeah, um, yeah. So I, I think that's kind of fully like... gone into talking MCU instead. <laughs> okay, well, let's talk about mutants in the MCU. It's not going to happen till like twenty twenty six at least. I mean, mutants in the MCU is a thing. X Men in the MCU uh, is not going to happen right now. What do you? Oh, uh, what? Because they have like they played the X Men sting over Miss Marvel or whatever. 
Yeah, yeah, because they said the word mutants and played the X Men theme. I feel like that's <laughs> wow, wh- that's what the do you definition think of having mutants I mean, in the MCU. Sure, but whatever. I think that's like the the Captain Marvel movie is gonna come and go with Miss Marvel in it, and they're still not gonna acknowledge mutants, right? Like it's a it's an Easter egg. It's a wink right now. I don't think that's anything. I think we're still gonna be you know post Avengers until we actually see any mutants, which they don't need to. Like, there's no reason for them to like burn mutants uh you know like uh any sooner than they have to um yeah but i feel like they'll probably start just like start having that word here and there without it being <laughs> yeah focused. but that's nothing like let's i don't know I, i'm not excited that they're just like uh no I'm, me neither I'm but some i was, kind of I idiot like kid who did means... a test on your blood and you're a mutant i also feel like if they have a good idea for a mutant character before doing the big x-men stuff like like, probably not the main X-Men, but, like, if they have an idea for, like, a D-list X-Men character in one of their movies, like, they'll do it. Not yeah. D-list, like, Namor is a mutant character that they used before having X-Men. Like, he, he's a special case, but, like... Yeah, I don't... I think he... Okay. I don't think so. I think... I bet they're gonna avoid mutants and, like, really embracing that entirely until they can go all in on it. I think, like, one of the big event movies... Yeah, I know. Like, Avengers... I don't... Like, I definitely don't think an MCU show is where they're gonna be, like... You know, and here's Cyclops. Like, I think it's going to be, you know. No, that, that's not what I'm. That's not what I'm saying either. <laughs> you just think they're just going to keep like winking at it until they unveil it, and maybe having like concepts that are in like that are related to to mutants in the comics, like use them in the movies before they do the X Men. Like, I can imagine the world where they do stuff with Mojo World before having the mutants and just like stuff like that, you know, or like the sure. Shi'ar in a yeah. Guardians movie before having the X Men stuff like that. Yeah, I, I just think, like, the MCU knows they have enough runway that they don't want to, like, burn yeah, through sure. this. And I think they're going to be really deliberate with it and not just, like, you know, introduce I mean, I feel it like in some show that 20... is not going to make $2 billion. Yeah, I mean, what is it? 20 Secret Wars is, what, 2026? Yeah. Like, yeah. And, like, I feel like 2027 is the beginning of Mutants. Like, that's totally. the Mutant phase. Yeah. After, that, that's my thought, too, is that, Secret like, Wars. we won't see anything actually solid until they, like... Yeah. I think they'll probably put out a movie, you know, that, like, introduces how they'll be introduced, right? Like, the Kang Dynasty will open up the multiverse and smush some worlds together and the mutants will show up or whatever. And, uh, and then we'll like get, like... that's the most boring way of doing it, like, being, I just, yeah. it being a multiverse thing. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how else they do it unless, like, they start it new in the MCU, right? Like, that there's some event that triggers everyone's X-Gene on Earth, and then we start getting mutants, like, who haven't been around forever. But then, you know, it is nice to have, like, history with them. But anyway, uh, yeah, I, I think, like, you know, we'll have a press conference in 2025 where they're like, here's the next four years, and eight of these movies are mutant movies. Um, and they'll just yeah. unveil their plan. I think all the, the guessing and speculating is pretty... I, I don't know. I don't think much is going to come out of that. Um but what else I was going to say, um, yeah, I guess we've already speculated a bunch about like how they would do it. Yeah, I was going to say, you just said speculating is useless. So I don't know what we're doing here. <laughs> no, no, I just mean like, uh, I guess I'm like <laughs> talking about what, what like we would like to see rather than like, they said Miss yeah. Marvel is a mutant. What's that mean for? I mean, you know what I'd like to see? I'd like to see like a X-Men. I mean, th- they won't keep X-Men to Disney Plus or anything. Like they won't, they will want to have their big X-Men movies. But I would like to have, like, a Xavier Institute show on Disney+. Plus and yeah, like it's each, a great idea. Each uh, episode is on different... Uh, episode 1 is Nightcrawler, episode 2 is Colossus, like, focusing different episodes. Uh, 
Like kind of in in the way uh, Clements did with X Men Classic, like when mm-hmm. he came back on his uh, previous stories and like added small stories at the end. Yeah, like something like that would be great, I think, for 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 X Men on the MC, in the MCU and like developing developing those characters on their own. Uh, because you don't have the time to do it in the in the big two hours movies. Exactly, which is what I was I was thinking the same thing last night watching this. I was like, there's so much to you yeah. know, the X Men's existence that uh, they can't tap into in a movie because it has to be you know it has to move and it has to get to the big point yeah. you know that like having something that is able to spend some you know, time. You know what the thing that's really annoying is the thing I would mo- want to see most for from X Men in the MCU is a thing that won't happen because it happened three years ago and it was terrible. It's the New Mutants. Like, I would love to see a New Mutants movie in the MCU, but they won't do it. Like, they, they'll do it in 15 years once everything, everyone has forgotten about it. I don't know. The, the movie came out movie. in 2020. Like, if they start introducing mutants, the New Mutants in, in 2026, 2027, like, I don't think that's yeah, crazy. Maybe. Uh, and, and honestly, I mean, some of that casting's pretty good. Than the new mutants, right? Anya Taylor Joy, yeah, like Rasputin, Anya Taylor Joy is magic. Maisie incredible. Williams is good. Well, yeah, Wolverine's really good. Although she's probably getting a little old to be like the new mutants. Both of them are like in their late twenties, mid to late twenties. So, yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I uh, I hope they like. I mean, I'm sure they will. Well, I'm sure we'll at some point be getting you know Excalibur and X Factor and X Force and all the and like Alpha Flights. Oh my God! Don't <laughs> threaten me with a good time. <laughs> uh yeah it's uh oh my god can you imagine just puck rolling around on the screen cartwheeling somersaulting, somersaulting i mean over i have talked about this before but i feel like the way you do a wolverine of origin that's different is like it's more alpha flight heavy mm-hmm. because that's that's the one part of his origin that wasn't in the movies charlotte you're you're speaking I, my, you're no, speaking I, my I, language like, i hate myself for, <laughs> for putting, putting it out there but like it's a good idea. Like it's it's not a bad idea. Yep. Um I think Deadpool will be probably coming before uh like Deadpool is supposed to come out. What will come before? Oh Deadpool. Yeah, Deadpool. I mean, supposed yeah, to come Deadpool out three is like less two than years two from years now. Away. Yeah, November twenty twenty four, I'm seeing. So, you know, who knows how that's gonna handle the fact that he's like I mean they'll just handle it with a joke and a wink, but that he's standing it's also like, astride it's also Deadpool MCU and Wolverine and movie. Like Hugh Jackman will be in the MCU. <laughs> Wait, what? Say that again? The Deadpool 3 movie? That's Deadpool uh-huh. and Wolverine. Like, Hugh Jackman is in it. Is he? I don't know about that. So are you telling the, telling the truth? Wait, do you not know that? I don't know. Anything. Do you not know that Hugh Jackman's Wolverine is coming back in Deadpool 3? I see. Like, they did a video together announcing it and everything. Mm, the director says, Levi expressed hope to include Wolverine actor Hugh Jackman in the film in some capacity. Reynolds confirmed... L- literally tweet- everyone listening to the episode right now is foaming at the mouth mm. because you... Reynolds confirmed in a tweet that Jackman will be returning as Wolverine in the upcoming yeah. film, as well as revealing the sequel's release date. Interesting. Interesting. Um, oh a wolf. That's actually a great idea. I, as much as I don't really want Hugh Jackman, like people are like, just bring Hugh Jackman back as Wolverine. I'm like, nah, I want. Yeah, I want he shouldn't new. be the main Wolverine of the MCU, but having him one last time is fine. But like those Deadpool movies work really well when he's with um, Colossus as the straight Colossus? man. Yeah. To him, so like, I think having Logan there and like Hugh Jackman I could see Hugh Jackman doing like a really good straight man to uh to Ryan Reynolds Deadpool uh maybe honestly I'm such a, I'm just a nerd like I would just dig the two of them you know multiverse hopping or time hopping through the events of the MCU and like riffing on it that sounds I mean I wasn't gonna say it's through the events of the old X-Men movies and just kidding everyone 
mm, like sure. Deadpool yeah. kills, kills the, the, the Fox Men universe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a pretty good idea, actually. Like to to wrap up that universe, <laughs> just go through and kill them all. Yeah. Um, okay. Any uh, any last thoughts about X Men? What if man was an X, Charlotte? The movie that dares to ask. <sighs> yep. Um, I... <laughs> last thoughts. Uh... No, I don't think I have anything else on the movie. I've been watching uh, recently the. X-Men Evolution show, which is, like, about the same years as, uh, as this, like, early 2000s. It's it's very good. Like, it's very different from the 90s animated series. It's way more focused on, like, the school and those, the, the X-Men characters as teenagers, which is kind of weird to see, like, Kurt, like, Nightcrawler as a teenager. Like, that's not a thing in the comics. Mm-hmm. But, like, yeah, I think it's, I think it's pretty fun. Um, it's, <laughs> it's weird because, like, you'd have told me, like, it's a movie, it's a series where... Mystique is the 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 director of the school, and then like Senator Robert Kelly, like the version of him in the show is also a a a director of the school. Like that sounds dumb, but I think it's done pretty well. Hmm. Interesting. I will so, never yeah, watch it. I, I mean, I <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I just, know. I know. I know people don't like. Yeah, I guess it's just a, it's an X Men kids show. Um, that is pretty fun. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I just I as much as I actually think the uh, the original Fox series is kind of fun, like. I can't bring myself to sit and watch the whole thing, but I know <laughs> the X-Men Evolution show is what Days of Future cast, the podcast that covers the X-Men cartoons, it caused them to stop covering X-Men cartoons because they got like halfway through the first season after finishing the Fox show, they got halfway through the first season of X-Men Evolution and we're like, uh, let's start reading comics instead because this is just making which me is wonder. Which is kind of crazy to me because like they watched the entirety of the 90s animated series mm-hmm. and then they got bored by... X-Men Evolution, which is way more light and breezy than, than like... I mean, that the, probably the, is the reason, because the, they're, like, you know, X-Men nerds who can, like, dive into how it compares to I feel the like original. they also, like, have a lot of nostalgia for the, for the 90s animated series in the way that they don't for, for X-Men Evolution. That's true. Like, I think nostalgia is probably a big part of it, too. Yep. Um, yeah, yeah, I agree. That's probably... <laughs> I agree on your speculation about a podcast that you've never listened to. <laughs> No, I have. I I've oh, listened I to like the co- them covering the first two seasons. Oh, okay. I haven't listened to that much either, so I I can't really speak to. And I didn't <laughs> listen to like the series the when they were um, watching X Men Evolution. So, all right, what are we talking about? Let's sign off. Thank you everyone for listening uh, again. Patreon.com slash Marmoose here. Uh, tell a friend. We're coming up to the new year. Uh, this is a great time to jump into my marvelous year and uh we'd love if you could if you think about anyone in your life who potentially would be into marvel comics or wants to read along let them know um and and also you can listen to two extra issues which is yeah extra great issues. yeah extra issues has been a blast to do um i'm yeah. re- really enjoying doing that and i think we're doing really good work over there our music is by disaster piece thank you disaster piece if you're listening and we'll see you next year see you next year merry christmas Happy holidays.